Welcome to the Palef Bukhara podcast. She is speaking. She is speaking. In each 20-minute episode, I'll have the chance to interview and celebrate strong, brilliant and inspiring women. I love cheese. I think Switzerland <laughs> has the best cheese. So. Me too. Oh. It is a big dream of mine to maybe be in the final. Hello and welcome back to the Carlef Bukhara podcast. Today I have the honor to introduce not one but two amazing guests, Lia Valti and Noel Maitz, who are professional footballers for the Swiss women's national team. This connection is made possible as Carlef Bukhara is a partner and official timekeeper for the Swiss national team. So hello ladies. It's a pleasure to meet you in person in the podcast. How are you this morning? Hi Sophie. Um good, thank you. Very excited. So, Leah, have you ever been in a podcast before? I haven't been in a podcast before. Uh, how about you, Noel? No, this is also my first time in a podcast, but it's it's lovely. So, yeah, excellent, excited. Um, so, uh, my first question, starting in chronological order of all things, how did you both get into football? Maybe we can start with you, Noel. Yeah. So, I grew up in America, and my father used to play football and my brother also played football so I kind of just got into it because we would just play in our garden uh, all the time I think football was was always with us everywhere we went and yeah that's that's how I kind of yeah really got um, addicted to to football were there any women's or girls teams when you were younger Yeah, a lot. Um I think in especially in America, uh girls football is really big. So, yeah, I was quite at a young age already playing in a in a girls um football club. So, yeah, went oh, pretty fast. That's wonderful. How about you, Leah? Yeah, I came into football also um through my dad a little bit. He was playing football all the time, but then as well like in my school time when I was seven, there were a lot of girls going into football trainings and I just joined them, you know, how it is when you have friends, they go there, you want to go there too. And then I just got into it and I just loved it from the start and I never stopped since I've started. Oh, that's wonderful. Um before we talk about the Swiss national team, you're also you also both play um for Arsenal women's team as well. Why Arsenal? I imagine you had the pick of uh clubs to go to. Uh why did you both choose Arsenal? Yeah, why Arsenal? I think um it's it's just a really really big club. When you get an offer from a club like that, it's really hard to to not take it serious, to not go there and actually look at it and yeah to then not sign and i think arsenal just um showed me that they really want to invest into women's football that they care about the girls and they had a yeah good goals big goals and um i think we had a great team um or they had a great team before i joined and it was a easy decision for me it was the right next step in, in my career oh how long have you been there i'm going to go into my fourth season now It's actually oh, wow. incredible. Yeah, time time is just too fast. Like I feels like I joined the club yesterday. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Noel? How long have you been there? I just played my first season there, so I'm going into my second now. So, yeah, for me it was also kind of the same as as Leo was saying. It was amazing when I when I heard that Arsenal was interested in me and I heard a lot of good things uh through Leah because she's already played there for for a couple of years. So, I guess then for me the decision was was pretty easy um then to to go to london and yeah to play for arsenal it was it was amazing for me to even get that opportunity yeah did you know each other before yeah i mean we were playing in the national team together since we were 
17 and it was funny actually we went to the boarding school and when we were 13 14 together yeah. so we know each other since a long time now yeah, quite a long time oh, wow. so uh, so you based in london most of the year yeah i would say say so we're living north london so it's not in in london london how everyone would imagine it um but yeah we're there most of the year i would say yeah exactly it's not like in central london it's like we can we can commute with the train pretty pretty quickly so yeah it's a bit more up north Okay, so London's my home city, so I'm intrigued. How are you enjoying it there? <laughs> well, um, yeah, no, it's it's been great. Like, obviously, I uh, moved to London last summer during the pandemic, which was, yeah, a bit of a, a tough uh, start for me. But um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I've, I've been into the city quite a, quite a few times and... The girls have shown me around to, to the nicest places. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing um, many, much more because I know there's a, a lot of stuff to see, see in London. It's, it's an amazing city. I used to always just have a city trip um, or, or go there um, before before I lived there. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying the time. Well, hopefully now you'll be able to explore a little bit more exactly, now that yeah. restrictions are being lifted. Um, what do you miss both uh, about home? Anything, uh, obviously friends and family, but any particular food items or anything funny that you really miss about Switzerland being away? I honestly, I miss a lot of things. Um, I think London or UK is very different to Switzerland. I think in summer I do miss, um, yeah, the lakes, the rivers where you can just jump into when it's a really hot day. I think that's what I really miss in London. There is nothing really natural where you can actually just, yeah, get... Um, yeah, get and have a, a nice little cool down on a hot day. That's true. And in winter, obviously, I really like to go into the mountains and ski and snowboard. So I do think these are the two biggest things to me, what I miss. And food-wise, I love cheese. I think Switzerland <laughs> oh, has the best cheese. So. Me too. Oh, so cheddar doesn't do it for you then? Nah. No. No <laughs> Not <chance>. at all. <laughs> no. But the, it's always good because we always then bring some Swiss cheese um, to London when we're back home. And then we always have a nice Swiss evening with a fondue or um, raclette. So, oh. yeah, try to, try to do that <laughs> as often as we can. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you about playing on the Swiss national team. How does it feel playing for your country? Are you just like immensely proud? Is there, Does it feel different when you play for Switzerland than say if you play for Arsenal or is it the same experience? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's it's always an honor um, if you get picked for the national team and you can play for your for your country. Um, yeah, I think it's always a special feeling before a game, walking onto the pitch, and when the national anthem comes on. Um, yeah, it's it's always um, yeah a really really nice feeling. Um, so yeah. I think every game and and every time spent at the national team is is always special. Yeah. How about you, Leah? Any anything to add? No, I completely agree. I think you can compare it with a club um, team because you obviously spend less time with each other. So it's already great to then come together once a month to see all the Swiss girls, to speak your language again, to wear the Swiss flag on, on the chest. I think, yeah, it's just, as Noel said, it's just a lot of pride in that moment and we want to fight to win for our country in the game. So I think um, it's great and we have... A lot of good things to come now. We qualified for the Euros, which is great. And I think these are the the games we want to play with the national team because this is the biggest, um, how do you say, like the, the, way, the place where most people watch women's football and we want to be there. 
Oh, that's fabulous. Well, congratulations. So uh, you must be in full training now. What does your training um, look like on a weekly basis? So when when we're in season, um, obviously now it's it's our it's our break, so we're off season, so we have a bit okay. a bit of more time off. But um, so when we're in season, then we usually train five times a week, and then have the game on the weekend. So that's a, a normal week. Sometimes we have a game on a, on a Wednesday or Thursday. Then um, obviously <laughs> our schedule um, changes a bit. But um, yeah, so usually just just yeah five trainings. I think she just made it sound like really easy. I think we have five <laughs> yeah. five times training. I would say we have five pitch sessions on the yeah. in the week, and then we have some gym sessions, and we do have video analysis and stuff. So I would say we do have yeah. a full schedule. So yeah, our days are pretty are yeah. pretty packed with with um things to do. So so I don't think we ever get get bored. But um yeah no. Okay, it just sounds intense. How many hours a day would you be like doing? physical activity would you say i mean physical activities would maybe be three to four hours but we're mostly there like a couple hours because we have lunch there we have video analysis there so it's mostly like from nine to three we're at the training ground so yeah yeah exactly okay yeah so it's uh it's quite intense (laughs) i think we can safely say that (laughs) yes um noelle i wanted to to ask you about your double nationality so you could have uh so you're an American citizen and a Swiss citizen. Exactly. Um, why did you choose Switzerland? Or was it difficult? Or, uh, I mean, what can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so I was born um, in America. I lived there for 10 years and then, then my parents moved to Switzerland. But obviously, like, my whole family is, is Swiss and my parents lived most of their lives also in Switzerland. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I then did, like, my whole development and school and and all that in Switzerland so then um, and yeah I got picked for the national team for Switzerland at a very young age and I got the trust uh, very early in my career which meant a lot to me so I think for me yeah I I never doubted uh, a second to to play for the Swiss national team and I've always been very very proud of that oh that's great yeah, my, my kids have three nationalities, oh, really? but they're not professional athletes, so they don't have to choose. Yeah. Um, which players, either female or male, do you respect the most in terms of, you know, football? I mean, I always had my biggest idol was Zinedine Zidane. He is obviously like he was one of the best players at his time. I still believe he would be one of the best players right now. Um, and obviously there are still a lot of good players um, in both men, men's and women's football at the moment, but Zidane is for me the the man. Oh. Yeah. How about you, Noel? Well, yeah, as spoken before, I grew up in, in America, so I watched a lot of women's football there too because, yeah, I think women's football in America was just so huge already at a in, a, in an early time, so I looked up to Mia Hamm or Brandy Chastain, um, female players like that. Um, yeah, always really inspired me. Um, but yeah, obviously now also watching the the men's Euros, uh, there's so many, so many great players um, just to watch that I really, really enjoy. And yeah, I mean, obviously in the women's game, there's, there's, yeah, such great players out there that I just love to, love to watch. Ah, is there anyone we should be keeping our eyes on, in your opinion, either male or female uh, during the Euro? I mean, this year, I think 
during the men Euro. I think there is Kylian Mbappé. I really love to watch him. He's a, a big talent. He's still very young. He's playing for France. Won the World Cup already. I think he's a huge player. Yeah, for sure. Um, in women's in the women's game, there are a lot. I feel like in in the women's game, there is not that one player where you will pick and say, look, she is the best player in the world. I think in men's football, there are maybe a bit more like more players where you would say, look, they're actually better than the rest. And in women's football, there's a bunch of good players, I yeah, would say. Yeah, more of a team, I would, would you say, say so. Yeah. Yeah. The forces in the team. That's interesting. Um, are there any other sports that you, you play or are you not allowed in case you get injured? We're actually not allowed to do... A, a few sports, like let's say we were talking about skiing and snowboarding, we're technically not allowed to do that. But obviously it's really hard. We're Swiss people, we grew up with it <laughs> and it's just something we need in winter. So we're yeah, trying to, to maybe just hide when we do it or something like that. Um, but I love to play tennis. Um, I'm not the best at it, but I just love it. And I think that's something I want to do after my career as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How about you, Noah? Yeah, I also love to play tennis. I actually enjoy playing golf uh, because oh, my, yeah. my, <laughs> my, my whole family plays golf. So it's kind of like a, a family thing that like when I'm home in Switzerland, um, then we just go for a round of golf, which is, which is so nice to just spend time with the family and to play around. So, yeah. Excellent. Uh, it's nice to be able to do things together as a family. Exactly. I mean, skiing yeah. too can be a, like a family, yeah, it yeah. Is. Yeah. A family yeah, thing where you go with friends and... Ah, next question. This is a good one. What numbers do you have on your jerseys and do they mean anything to you? For Arsenal, I wear the number 16. Um, I had that before when I played in Germany for Wolfsburg. For me, it doesn't really have uh, a big meaning. I just, when I came to Wolfsburg, it was kind of like one of the last numbers that they had to, to pick from. So I got that one and had that there for seven years and it was free at Arsenal. So I thought, why not um, keep it uh, on the back of my, of my shirt? So yeah, and since then I... I really like it, but it doesn't have like this big, big meaning yeah. to me or something. Well, so, you've yeah. made it a lucky number through football. Exactly. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> How about are you, Leah? What, what's your number or numbers? Yeah, similar story, actually. I, I went to Potsdam when I was 19 and there was only one number available and that was number three. And I hated num mar, number three. So I, <laughs> one year later, I added the one in front of it. And then I just, yeah, loved it. I was number 13 for now many years. And it's for a lot of people, it's the unlucky number. But yeah. to me, it's not unluck to me. I feel like it's a, a lucky number and I love to wear it. Oh, um, one of Karl F. Bucharest's slogans is a single second can change history. And in football, this is often the case. Uh, is there a single second in your respective careers that really stands out for you both? I don't know who wants yeah. you want to go first. I, I think my single second was basically when I was 19, I finished my school and I decided to go into professional football. I think that was a decision. It doesn't sound big right now. It's like either you go into it or not. But at that time, it meant to me to leave my family for to live my dream. And in that moment, I feel like that was the second, the single second, which actually um, helped me having this career, what I have right now. Yeah. How about you, Noel? Yeah, I'd also say something similar to that because I don't feel like uh, I think also like when I got that call, um, yeah, that I had the opportunity to to go pro, that it changed my my entire life and just yeah, um, how how I want to live my life, just everything put everything on that card football, um, 
yeah, so it was it was kind of a similar story. I don't think I have like a moment on the pitch where I said that it changed everything for me yet. Um, so yeah. It could still come. <laughs> exactly, still <laughs> pending. pending. Uh, was it really a scary decision for you at such a young age to, to leave your, your friends and family and, and sort of pursue your dream? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was 17 when I when I left my family and, and moved away. And I honestly, yeah, I did have moments where I was really in doubt because I was so young and I missed my family so much. Um, but yeah, um, I think it really really helped me to become become the the person I am and the player I am just to push through that all and yeah so living living the dream kind yeah. of so yeah no how about you Leah yeah the same I think it was actually a big big decision I think in in women's football when we were like 12 13 there was not like when we when it, when I would have been a boy at that age, I would have always had the dream to be professional footballer. But when we were thirteen, that was not really a profession. It was more like some girls actually can do it, but you can't really live from it. And then over the years, actually over the years between twelve and twenty, um, everything changed into fo- in women's football, and you actually could have the profession playing football. And I think that's why it was also such a big decision because it actually came like on one day, and you had to decide decide in between one or two weeks and I think to have then the support of your family of your friends to to believe in what you're doing and was really important and I think I wouldn't have yeah made uh, that decision if I wouldn't have felt that support at that time and I think yeah luckily we made the right decision both of us and it was worth it to actually risk everything and leave everything to to actually live our dream. Yeah it's great that you had the support of your family as well to to encourage you, uh, I think that must be mostly mostly important. It's always yeah. the most important. I think since we are kids, our families, they always brought us to the games, to trainings. They just supported us through everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, same same with, with my family. They, they're like, um, they try to come to <laughs> most of my games, like, or they watch all of them on TV. I know that my, my parents are really devastated at the moment that they couldn't travel to London um, the whole uh, past season. They couldn't see a game live um, in the stadium. Uh, so, yeah, I think they're also really, really looking forward to when they can travel over and just, yeah, see a game live um at the stadium of mine and not only on tv so yeah that will be that will be nice for them too yeah excellent talking about the pandemic how hard was it for you uh you know during these times where we were really in lockdown and you couldn't play together because it's such a you train together you play together how what was it like I think it was it was really tough um, on everyone. I mean, obviously, um, as a team sport, um, you don't really have to train on your own very often. So just um, yeah, being being at home, um, having to do all your sessions kind of by yourself. Sometimes couldn't even really go out to do a run. I think it was um, mentally um, a very very tough time. And then obviously, when we got back into training, we only had it in small groups with with a lot of restrictions. Um, yeah, no, no contact in the beginning, and and just come to the pitch and go home. Um, so yeah, it was it was really tough. Also, then not seeing a lot of the girls for for a certain time. Um, so yeah, I think we were all very very happy when everything kind of got back to normal, got back to to the games and everything. But yeah, it was it was very challenging times. I think for for every every. Um, 
not a football player, but I think every player that was in, in sports. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think at the start, when the whole pandemic started, it was actually quite nice to finally have a moment where we don't feel the pressure every day and every weekend and we just our season got cancelled and we actually had three to four months where we didn't have to compete and in a way I enjoyed that because I haven't had that since I've been playing professional but then obviously like coming back what Noel said into training it, it, we weren't used to that and I think it was hard for everyone and for me the toughest thing was that everybody else who was watching football expected us to be always on the highest level and they were always talking about how privileged we are we were in that moment to still do our profession and stuff like that and we are we we were and but still we had to yeah we we had to do a lot of things we that was not our choice it was our profession so we had to do and we still couldn't see our family our friends where I think I usually get my energy from and I do think it was a long year, a tough year, and I think, yeah, everybody did great in the end, and I think everybody was just even more happy than to finally get home, see family and friends, because we're not used to not see them for such a long time. Yeah, is everything more or less back to normal now? I'd say so, but the question is for how long, because I think in the UK at the moment there is everything a little bit crazy, so we need to see how it's going to be when we're back in the UK yeah exactly I think also like um yeah spectators are are probably gonna be back which is also really nice playing in front yeah, of a crowd great. again um yeah so I haven't had that in a year or, or I think even longer so that will be nice just to have the the fans back have that um kind of support um will be nice to have some cheering fans yeah. in the background now yeah was it hard to play to an empty what I yeah, I think so. yeah. in the be- I think in the beginning it was it was so different and so weird just um Yeah, um, I think now you kind of got used to it because, I mean, yeah, we've played like this since, yeah, like I said, almost almost a year. I think we had maybe two games where spectators mm. were allowed to be yeah. back and already that was was so different. I think just I was I was more nervous than than yeah. on other games just because people were back in the stadium. Um, I think it, it gives you a whole different different feeling and it's just nice to to have the sp- support of, of your own fans in the background. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. We were talking earlier about um, girls' football at a young age. Uh, so I was brought up in the UK way before you two. Um, <laughs> but there was no girls' football. It was we played hockey and we played netball. And if we played football, uh, it was with my brothers. It wasn't... Um, how have you seen the, the sport evolve um, in a feminine way? I think it really depends... Um, in what country you play that sport. I think there is like a lot of yeah difference between the, the leagues. I think when we when we compare UK, for example, to Switzerland, you can't really compare that because in, in UK, the whole football world is so much bigger than in Switzerland, men's and women's. Yeah. And I think they just have so much more financial um, possibilities to then actually support the women's team as well. Where in Switzerland, we're not a football country. We're yeah, we love so uh, we love football. Everybody watches it, but it's not like in UK where everybody is a fan of a traditional club yeah. stuff like that. I do think like the last ten years, they were huge for women's football, um, especially in England. Um, yeah, the the male teams they started to invest into women's football and. We just, yeah, enjoy being professionals there. And yeah. that wasn't possible a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. I think you can also see now that a lot of um, 
yeah, that there's a lot of like girls soccer camps just to get the young girls uh, into the sport and just like, yeah, see how they like it. And then I think from from there on, there's so many more possibilities than there was um, a few years ago. Like Leah said, just because bigger men's teams are are investing um, into into women's football, you can really see the the difference that that is making. Um, obviously, now now in England or Spain and Italy, you can just see see what kind of difference um, that can make for the the entire game and just the quality of of everything. What advice would you give to a young girl maybe listening uh, at home who has dreams to follow in your footsteps? Any words of wisdom I generally think like to always have fun is the most important I think if you once don't enjoy what you're doing you yeah obviously should think about it and as well like to maybe set goals to reach and for me personally it was always helpful to just have small goals I never really had the big picture in front of me I just always took the next step the next step and these goals helped me being motivated and yeah kept me like into football and I think then it makes it also a bit easier to actually enjoy what you're doing every day yeah of course how about you Noel yeah I I definitely say the same just love what 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 you do and um yeah I think if you if you put a hundred percent um into that and give it your all that you can go very far um i think in in football in 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 life in general there will be always setbacks and sacrifices that you have to make but i think if you really if you really pull through and and get through those then in the end it will it will definitely be worth it what is uh you you've both been extremely successful to date what's the big dream do you have a big dream uh still to realize for me, it's it's important to live in the in the now um, moment and situation. But I mean, obviously, um, it would be amazing to go pretty far in the in the upcoming Euros um, with Switzerland. Um, yeah, I think it will be an amazing event uh, in England. So I think it is a big dream of mine to maybe be in the final. Um, so yeah, that would be that would be amazing. And obviously, with with Arsenal, um, yeah. We'll be we'll be playing Champions League. Um, I think that's also um, a competition. Um, yeah, that that is yeah in women's football the the top top competition at international level. So yeah, come go pretty far in that. And yeah, I think there's uh, that already there's, that's already that's, too big. Yeah, dreams. exactly. That's very <laughs> yeah. So you're a big oh. dreamer. <laughs> How about you, Leah? What's your big dream? I don't have that one big dream. I think I'm a bit in a different maybe age than Noel. I'm 28 now and I feel like I, I just want to be healthy as long as possible for to play football as long as possible. But then as well, like my dream is that I'm going to find my profession after football, that I actually find a place where I feel as comfortable as on the pitch and where I have as much fun as on the pitch. And I think I do have a lot of goals um, with the success of the national team or the club, but I think the biggest dream is, first of all, to stay healthy and then to, and then to go your next way after your career. Oh, well, I wish you both uh, a lot of success uh, <laughs> with all of those points. Um, Thank you. Now, Thank to you. conclude in my podcast, I always have a little uh, rapid-fire question session now you haven't seen these questions oh my Um, 
but they are there are no right or wrong answers so you don't have to worry you can say the first <laughs> thing that comes into the top of your head mm-hmm. so i have five questions i thought we could do it like a penalty shootout so the first question is name three famous uh female athletes doesn't matter what sport who you'd like on your team okay noel so um, any three sports athletes who you could have on your team to play football and they, and they don't necessarily have to come from football it could be a tennis player or a skier or a... Serena Williams <laughs> I wanted to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I'll take Wendy Holdener okay excellent and Lara Dickinman oh, good choices okay Leah you're up <laughs> I wanted to say Serena Williams as well because I think she's very strong and I wanted to take Moshinga Kambuchi I hope I said her name wrong because she's very quick yeah to always use her speed and um, then it's actually really hard I think I'm always into athletics a lot, but I think Lara Dickman is actually a good shout, but I'm not going to tell her. I'm going to say uh, Carly Lloyd. Okay, yeah. excellent choices. That's not bad. All right, question two. Did you ever track how many steps you take uh, in a game? And if so, what's your record? Or maybe your daily record. I don't know if you track your steps or is that not something you do? We don't track our steps. We do track our case. Yeah. Okay, so... So usually I would say it's between... 9 and 11 Ks a game. Okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Same for you. Okay. Question three, how fast can you run? Kilometers per minute. (laughs) (laughs) I actually don't know. I don't know either. I would say it's maybe 28, 29 kilometers per hour. Okay. I have no idea. I think we did a measurement once at Arsenal, but I feel like maybe that was a bit wrong. So I'm not really sure if I said a complete (laughs) wrong. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Noel is a bit quicker than me. So I would say if I have 28, she's maybe 29, 30. Like. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> okay, question four. What activity do you love so much that you lose track of time? Jigsaw. I was, oh, wow. I okay. played, I, know, I, I could do say. jigsaws the whole day. And sometimes in the, like after midnight, I look on, the, on my time and I think like, oh my gosh, I need to wake up at 7 a.m. So let's go to bed now. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's excellent. How about you, Noel? I have to say um, video games. Oh I do tend to gosh. play. I do tend to this play. Is terrible. <laughs> I know. I know it's bad. I didn't even want to say it, but it's there okay. You go. We can be honest. As I said, there's no right or wrong answers here. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time. It has been wonderful uh, chatting with you, and thanks for answering all, all my questions. And thank you for listening at home. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. Our next guest will be Ruth Buscombe, strategic engineer for the Alfa Romeo Racing Formula One team. So until then, stay safe, stay well. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. I invite you to subscribe to the She Is Speaking podcast so you don't miss out on this episode or future episodes that include a lineup of exceptional women. Thank you for listening.